Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. It's January, so we are reviewing Australian films this month. Except for this week, because we have taken a film from New Zealand in the grand Australian tradition of stealing things from New Zealand that we like. Uh, This particular film marks uh, a third year in a row that it's a Taika Waititi film. Uh, But in fairness, it's one that people are very excited about. It is Hunt for the Wilder People. Uh, And joining me, we have two people uh, to review it. Someone who has seen it before and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, uh, making her first appearance in 2021, it is Dr. Ellen Sears. Hello, Stephen. How are you, Dr. Ellen? I'm well, but hot, and I'm not enjoying the summer weather. Yes, it is uh, 35 degrees today. Uh, Yeah, it's the first time in seven years that I haven't been able to escape the Australian summer and go somewhere else, mm. so I'm very mad. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, aside from being mad and hot, uh, you also have not seen Hump for the Wilder People. No, I have not. What do you know about it? Um, well, I picked when I picked the DVD up today, I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it is a Taika Waititi film. I am correct about that. And, oh, Sam Neill's in it. Cool. I like him. And from what I understand, it's like a sort of touching coming of age story in some capacity, but that's about the extent of my knowledge. Excellent. Okay. And you've, you've seen other films from, from Taika. Yeah. Um, which, which one's been your, I suppose, favorite or the standout for you? Um, I mean, to be honest, I think the only, I'm trying to think of ones that I have actually seen because like Jojo Rabbit is on my list of things to watch. I've seen Thor Ragnarok. That was friggin' great. Um, I'm trying to think of what else he's done. What we do in the shadows? Yes, I've seen that. That was really bloody funny. Very much tickled my particular funny bone. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, Boy? No, I haven't seen Boy. Okay. Um, Yeah, I really enjoy his stuff. I really like his kind of general flair of what he does. He has a really interesting sense of humor that kind of meshes with my kind of sensibilities. Okay. Which is Uh, nice. And uh, joining us as a guest who has seen the film uh, on this very dinky die Aussie New Zealand celebration, <laughs> it is Brett Cullen, everybody. Hello. Uh, how are you doing, Brett? I'm good. It's also, yeah, I, I'm not enjoying the heat very much, which I should be used to because mm-hmm. I grew up in the North Queensland desert, but Ooh. it's a dry heat up there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, it's okay now. It's pretty, We're inside. It's yeah. Pretty, it's pretty dry down here. Yeah, that's true. It's true. But like I was telling you before I came, my office that I have my computer in mm-hmm. uh, isn't insulated. Oh, Jesus. So Who during, designed that? Ah, uh, people in the 70s with no oh, forethought whatsoever. God. Um, it's partially insulated because it's whatever I had left over from doing the rest of the house. I just threw up there. But uh, yeah, earlier this earlier in 2020, uh, during lockdown, when I was working from home mm. in summer, mm. uh, yeah, it was hitting about 40 degrees in there. Mm. But I wasn't noticing until i stepped out and it was mm. like a hard wall of, of heat to, cool. to cold yeah mm. and that's what happened to me today i'm quite happily playing a pirate game mm-hmm. like, oh, this is nice and i step out and went oh no i might have heat stroke <laughs> <laughs> it is a very common thing and for those yeah. of you who are listening in overseas places that are cold at the moment and you're like oh i wish i had a bit of that i mean I personally think it's great, but there are a lot of health risks that you do have to contend with. Well, I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't sweat enough to deal in a dry heat. That's yeah. my problem. Yeah. So I just overheat. Mm. <laughs> like I can deal with like, 
I can deal with places that have a bit of humidity because then I get a bit of a layer of humidity on my skin and I can sort of like, you know, muscle deal through. Yeah. But yeah, in like when it's like a 40 degree day and there's no breeze yeah. and it's like the middle of the day and the sun's just like cooking you to death. Like I get burnt in five minutes. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm a bit different. I hit 35 and just plateau. Mm. I'll be hot blah, 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 no, 35 because I was... I remember working on a film out in the salt flats of near Kalgoorlie. Oh, yeah. And it was gotcha. 46. Yeah. So we would stop if it got to 50. Yeah. <laughs> but it was 46 in the salt flat in the middle of, yeah. of January, early yeah. Feb. And I'm just like... So the ones out near Cambalda. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah, brother yeah. used to live there. Middle of nowhere. Middle yeah. of nowhere. Yeah. For any Americans listening, these numbers are in Celsius, not Fahrenheit. Yeah. What is that in Fahrenheit? What's uh, like a bajillion. Yeah. <laughs> it's... 40, is it 40 is about 100 Fahrenheit. Okay. So... I think it's actually slightly more. It's slightly more. It's approximately. Yeah. We're Let talk... me rephrase that. We know what is in Celsius. What is it in dumb numbers? Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Shots uh, Causing how? an international crisis. Yeah, please. We have a lot of please don't do that. America. Yeah. I know. <laughs> please don't I do know. that on my podcast. Uh, they are. <laughs> we we do like uh, our Americans, even though they they have you know funny ideas around mm. uh, how to measure temperature and you know democracy and things and, like and that. And counting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a forty degree day is is one hundred and four in Fahrenheit. Uh, Okay, that sounds a lot more impressive. Yeah. But if it was 104 here, yeah, we would be in real trouble. Yeah, it would be everything very would be dead. on fire. The world would be on fire. Yeah, we would yeah. be. Yeah. We would all be dead. Yeah, it's actually worse down here because the ozone layer hole, which is yes, getting correct. better. Because if you go up north to Broome, so mm. the tippy top of Australia, there, it's not too bad in this kind of weather. Yeah. You don't singe immediately. You don't yeah. have that like. What's that sound? It's just like oh, it's me. It's just oh, it's my, my skin. skin. It's just like pork crackling. Just yeah. <laughs> But it, it, you do feel a difference going up north when yeah. it's this hot with this much sun on a mm. cloudless day. It's it's hot, mm. uh, but it's not. Oh, I now have multiple melanomas. So in short, it's hot, but you're okay. Yeah, sure. Excellent. Yeah, is that, does that answer the original question? It really does. Great. Excellent. <laughs> uh, hunt for the world of people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you you've seen this film. I have. In a I vague, have. non-spoilery sort of way. Yeah. Um, what can people like Ellen who've not seen the film expect? Um, it's a very Taika Waititi film. Great. In its structure, in its use of characters and its overall themes. Okay. You can, you can definitely put these alongside Jojo Rabbit and Boy, even kind of Thor Ragnarok. Um, definitely what you do in the shadows. And it does fit his oeuvre. Nice. His wheelhouse, yeah. Excellent. Uh, well, with all that being said, shall we watch Hunt for the Wilder People? Yeah. Uh, let's just go stand outside in the sun and crisp up. Uh, that will take like two minutes. Then yeah, we, okay, yeah. then we can start the film. Okay, okay. Uh, for those of you who are listening at home, pop on those DVDs and prepare to argue about who's more like the Terminator as we watch Hunt for the Wilder People. everybody we have just finished watching hunt for the wilder people i'm joined once again by mr brett cullen hello and dr ellen sears hello dr ellen that was your first time watching hunt for the wilder people Mm. what did you think um yeah that was more or less what i expected that's, that's, that's about it. <laughs> that's more oh, well. or less what 
I expected. Yeah. I'll give you a one sentence answer and we can all go home. Yeah, yeah done. Great. Review, done. Sweet. Um, yeah, so was it, did you enjoy it then? If, if, yeah. it, if it met expectations, like, like did, it, did you enjoy it or did you kind of go, eh, I was maybe expecting something more? Um, no, I think it was just a straight down the line. Yep, that's about what I was expecting. Um, there was a couple of bits where I was like, oh, now this is going to happen. And then it did. And I was like, okay. Such as? Uh, like when Bella died mm. suddenly and horribly. As soon, as soon as it was like, as soon as it was like, we've made a proper connection. We're like poking fingers at each other. It's all cute and stuff. I was like, oh, she's going to die. And I think that's just because <laughs> I've just seen too many narratives where it's like, the woman must die for the man pain. Mm-hmm. The woman yeah. must die for the man pain. And I picked up on it instantly and I was like, oh, we're going there. Yeah. See the- and then again, the other bit that I got was as soon as um, the dog piss bolted off into the bush, yeah. I was like, oh, they're going to find something they shouldn't. And then the ball popped up and I was like, one of these dogs is going to get gored. Mm-hmm. One of these dogs is going to get gored. And then it did. And I was like, oh, there we go. Those, mm-hmm. those were the two main ones. The rest of it, I was just kind of letting it unfold and being mm-hmm. like, interesting. I don't, when I watch movies... And when I like consume media and texts, I don't try to figure out what's going to happen next mm-hmm. because uh, I can't help it. Yeah, I can't help it sometimes, but I, I make a concerted effort to try not to analyze shit where I can, simply because I do that for my job, and yeah. I and I did that yeah. as like part of my like studies for like ages, and because of that, and because and because in my undergraduate at uni. I, I did a couple of film units, so I was looking mm. at analysing films. I studied literature, so I was analysing yeah. books and poetry. And plot points. Yeah, and, and I was analysing, like, theatre and, like, performance art and stuff. So mm. I'm used to analysing things. So I try, when I'm watching things more for pleasure, to try and turn that bit of my brain off a little bit more. Mm. I try, because I'm in the same position. My undergrad was in film and video. Yeah. Then I went on to lecture in film and in narrative construction. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're like, oh. <laughs> it's, uh, the thing's... This did really nicely because there's a lot of plot set up, but there's not a lot of story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's a few things that happen as in the sort of inciting incidents and then it just cruises along. Mm. And there's a few bits and pieces. And I think you said it's like uh, Taika Waititi does a bit and then gets bored with the bit and drops back into the plot. Yeah. And he, that's, that's sort of his mode of filmmaking, I think. And it's, it's that brevity that gives you more depth to the serious stuff i think and that's yeah that's in boy that's in mm. this that's in um jojo rabbit yeah even to an extent in thor ragnarok but taika <coughs> seems to have his body of work is about family and family yeah. relationships even going back to the the first short film he made about two kids uh, two boys in the cars parked next to each other outside the pub while their dads are inside getting loaded I don't know if you've seen it. It's on the net. It's really, no, really great. No, it sounds good though. Very yeah. similar to this kind of real rapid fire back and forth kind of, mm. you know, kids trying to be tough and grown up and dealing with situations that they probably shouldn't need to be dealing with or in fact don't need to be dealing with. But yeah, the themes of all his, of all of his films is, is that familiar relationships. Mm. And with Thor Ragnarok, it's just like with a multi hundred million dollar budget. Pretty much, yeah. Know? Mm. And Love no, and think, Thunder looks to be the same sort of thing. Well, I think they, I think they did a lot with the budget that they did have on this one. Like that yeah. car chase was pretty good. That was great. And all those beautiful like aerial shots. Like if you're going to be filming in New Zealand, you know you might as well mm. take advantage of the beautiful scenery and the fact that they were at bush a lot and 
I have to assume... All that kind of thing. I love those big panning shots where they were yeah. kind of like going between and they'd obviously like stitched it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, was like, the same oh. rotating shot, yeah. yeah. I have to assume there's a body of camera operators that are specialised in helicopter rides and, you know, like long chase stuff, aerial shooting. Mm. We have drones now. A lot of this was done on drones. Yeah. Um, but from, yeah, Lord of the Rings, there's a lot of oh Lord God, of the Rings yeah. wide pans where it yeah, sort of sure. uh, comes up and over the landscape and you see mm. the big wide landscape. Well, having, having, having just watched um, the extended fellowship yesterday, I was like, oh, yeah, New Zealand is really pretty. Mm. Mm. It's really pretty. And I think point. a lot of filmmakers said that. Well, you can point your camera in any direction. Mm. Yeah. You get something spectacular. It's a bit different in Australia. You have to find those spots. Yeah. <laughs> you can point your camera anywhere and get somewhere really flat. Oh yeah, (laughs) very flat and very dry. Yeah, and I I think it's interesting. This film makes nods to that, not just with the aerial shots, but with specifically when they're they're hiding from the cops, when Hector and Mm. Ricky are hiding in a very similar (laughs) position to the Hobbits in in Fellowship, hiding from a ring wraith, and he's making the reference. Yeah, and he's like, "I was trying to tell you, it was like Lord of the Rings." Yeah, look at so, and he's like, "Hector gives him a Lord of the Rings." Yeah, Uh, the story um, is pretty pretty basic but mm. um told told very well obviously in a young troubled boy um who's been to lots of different care foster homes mm. uh is on his like last chance foster home but he finds the right family there's this wonderful lady named bella who's mm. like looking who's after insane him. and great yeah. yeah and uh there's hector who's a bit grumpy but like you know what that's fine and it all seems to be going well and then obviously bella dies quite suddenly Hector is... Presumably of a stroke or a heart attack or yeah. something. Yeah. Just hanging out the just, washing and... Keels over. Yeah. yeah. It's never, never explained, but it's... Again, it's it's what you said, Alan. It's the... It's the inciting incident. It's, it's the, the inciting incident. Yeah. It's the, we need to create yeah. man pain. We need to bring these two, like, awkward characters together and do the thing. How are we going to do that? We've got to get rid of this other character, so she's going to die. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, it sort of forces them together through circumstances when Ricky attempts to run away, as he did a couple of times uh, mm. when he first got <laughs> I there. I forgot something, so I came back. Yeah. Um, Hector finds him, but then uh, trips and fractures his leg, so they're sort of forced into a circumstance mm. of being broken, broken wilder foot people. Camp. Bro- broken foot camp, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's it's charming, and it's very well performed. I do yeah. have to say that, yeah. um, obviously, Sam Neill, who... Is he Australian or from New Zealand? This both. is the thing. He's no. both. It he's feels from New Zealand. Though, he lives in Australia. Yeah he, yeah, he he feels as though he's one of those people that genuinely is shared. Not like not like other things where yeah. he, you know yeah. they're very divisive. Like Pavlova. Oh, don't don't mention yeah. that. Um, <laughs> well, but, Russell Crowe similarly grew up in New Zealand and then did his films here in Australia. Yeah, it but, does. But he's he's very good in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Samuel's always great. Yeah, I was going to say I don't think there's anything I've seen. I've seen. I think almost everything. Mm. Maybe not the early 90s stuff where he was still mm. building a portfolio, but, you know, post-Jurassic Park, I think I've seen it all. That's fantastic. See, Jurassic Park's one of my favourites. Yeah. Have you seen Possession, his no. first film? No. A masterpiece. It's a horror film. It's mm. it's very full on. That's probably why I haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> but he's incredible in it. He's absolutely incredible. And my wife just worked on the film that they made here with Sam Neill in it. Oh, yeah. Rams. Very, very, yeah, Rams. Yeah, very similar Sort of character, mm, crotchety yeah. against. Hey, look, um, he's a uh, Michael Caton, isn't Michael it? Michael Caton, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen the I've seen the trailers for it and been like, good. very good. What film. was your wife doing on Rams? She was art director. Cool. Yeah. Very so nice. she. <laughs> he's just filing that away for like mental. Yeah. Well, uh, she had to become an expert mm. on sheep breeds because they needed a very particular sheep, mm-hmm. right? 
fun. Um, and that sheep was only over in the eastern states. Oh, Jesus. Um, and this was right before COVID, so you know it was okay then. But yeah, it's um, it's a film that's turned out well. But the main themes of that film are a transmissible disease yeah. and bushfires. So Topical. it was supposed to come out December last year, I think, and it got pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. Because yeah, now, it, now cause it was too real. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit. It was it was based on an Icelandic film, actually. Mm. Um, similar themes, mm. you know, isolated farmers, mm. outbreak. Uh, for any New Zealanders who are listening to this and are currently yeah. railing against uh, <laughs> our, our, our discussion, um, Sam Neill was born in New Zealand and at least according to his Wikipedia page is considered... New, uh, his heritage is considered to be New Zealand, British and Irish. There is no yeah. mention of uh, his sort of Australian connection, even though he's very well liked here. So yeah. I just want to, just going to clear that just, up. Just, just like we have adopted this film as our own, as part of Australia <laughs> Month. Which is interesting adopted- because it's, it's not, it's very <laughs> Maori. It's, it's very New Zealand. Well, this yeah. is just it. It's part, part of why we decided to do a New Zealand film is New Zealand has um, a great, obviously filmmaking tradition mm. and they've they've got lots of interesting films coming out and it just feels right to be looking at almost other antipodean kind yeah, of yeah kind of like a trans tasman film thing yeah, so yeah. you know it's it's nice to get to get um them in and in the discussion it's a very pretty film yeah it's beautifully uh, shot it, it, it is a very pretty film and i you know the, the kid that plays ricky is fantastic julian something but he's yeah he's fantastic obviously he's gone on to you know, Deadpool 2. Is yeah. it also in another movie? He seems to be playing that dysfunctional brat character mm. a lot, yeah. which is fine. Um, yeah. But he's obviously found his niche of that, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Smart sure. Alec. Yeah, I, I do wonder for, for Julian Dennison, because he's 18. Julian Dennison. Um, how long can he play that character? Like, He's got a real baby face, so probably a while. I'd yeah, because I, I do... I, maybe it's just because I watched Home Alone recently on this program. And mm-hmm. obviously, like, Macaulay Culkin never really, as a lot of childhood actors do, never mm. really um, was able to carve a niche once they grew out of the thing that they were mm. being hired for. He did um, was it Monster Ball, I think. Mm. He was good in that. But, I do but yeah, think, beyond that. Yeah. But he's I got do a good podcast as, now, though. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but I do feel as though Julian Dennison is a really good actor like like to be yeah. that good at i think he was 15 when they shot this yeah 13 or 15 or something like that he's just yeah he's got natural timing mm. yeah he does yeah. and he's, he's really got, good the thing i really was impressed by was um ricky has a lot of vulnerabilities on show yeah and yeah. they the, the way that they're displayed the way he the way he like carries the hot water bottle around for example the yeah. way yeah. He, he sort of behaves in those ways when he's first getting to uh, speaking to Hector while Bella's still alive. And, yeah. you know, the way he's sort of sidling up to him as opposed to being, like, quite direct in how he's approaching. Like, despite being, obviously, a kid who's quite... He's, he's a big kid. Mm. Um, mm. He's, he's got a lot of very sort of subtle... Lots, lots of trauma. But he's, he's really good at displaying the subtext of trauma in this, I think. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of subtlety to it. And I think that's really important um, for, for this film. For it to work, really. And the mm. the interplay between um, the characters of, of Ricky and Hector mm. is very watchable. Yep. It's, mm. yeah, it's it's good. I was maybe oversold on this film, I think, though. This is my yeah. first time watching it. And whenever I've mentioned, oh, we're doing Hunt for the Wilder People, people were generally very positive about it. Mm. Well, what and were you expecting? Yeah, I 
think I was expecting something like Boy. I think to be honest. And yep. Okay. When I watched when we we did Boy last year on mm. on the podcast, and Boy, I really enjoyed, but I also found a really hard watch. It is, yeah. Whereas yeah, this yeah. felt like it, this Soft was up. not this was not a hard watch. No. Do you know what's interesting? If you look at Boy, this Thor, yeah, you can see that progression of maybe tucking away some of the more difficult bits and pieces mm. and going bigger. So you've got the car chase, you've got all these big sweeping shots. Mm. This was prep for a much bigger film. Yeah. You know, mm. like even even what we do in the shadows was still small. Mm. Yeah. But well controlled whereas yeah. this was a big film because it you look at the progression of of Taika Waititi of yeah, like boy and and da, 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 then this and da, 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 then Thor and then the second a sequel to Thor as well. Mm. You can kind of see some of those little like prototype trying techniques out like mm. the car chase was a big one you know yeah um but then thor ragnarok it's a lot of talky talky right it's a lot of character stuff talky yeah. there's some big action things mm. but it's a lot of talky talky stuff yeah and that's what he does amazingly well he does do it really well and like this i'm not saying that hump the world of people is in any way a bad film it is it is a good film mm. but i feel as though I'm expecting a little bit. Something I think. A bit more I think profound. My, yeah, I think my expectations were definitely raised by by other people talking about. Oh, it's it's so good, and I watched it, and I'm like, it's it is good, mm. but I'm not I'm not blown away by it. I, I, I'm like, I was. I wonder if those people have seen Boy. Well, that's just it. I think Boy mm. is is a really quite remarkable film, yep. but but it's also um, dealing with a more sort of direct. Um, I suppose issue yeah. uh, where you know this is the, the boy in boy and his father comes back into his life and learning that his father is not the superhero that he thought he was. Yeah. Whereas in this, and it's, processing the dysfunction. Yeah. And, Whereas this yeah. is a bit more. It's subtler, but it also feels as though that they're always going to become friends. Like Hector was always going to move into the farm at the end. And even as mm. an audience member, even though I was like, I want that. I want yeah. them to go live with, with um, yeah. you know, Kahu and Selfie Dad and just have a nice <laughs> life because I like these characters. A little bit of me was maybe disappointed that I got my wish fulfillment. If well, you aren't you me. bloody well picky? I'm just, yeah. Look, <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Yeah. I think sometimes, I, I know Taika in interviews has said that He'll do one for himself and then he'll do one for everyone else. Yeah. I feel like this was the one for everyone else. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think Jojo Rabbit was the one for him. Mm. Um, Thor was definitely for everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. He's on a leash for that one. But yeah. this, I think this bridged, I think this is a much more marketable and palatable film than Boy was. Yeah. It, th- th- that said Because it is that soft edge compared to it. As a first-time viewer, and Ellen, I want to know um, mm. what you think about this. Even though it felt a bit predictable at parts, mm. at no point was I going, "Why are we here now? Like, what? Mm. What's this? Yeah. Yep. Like, like every scene, yeah. yeah, for sure, was good and added something. Like, you know, the 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 encounters with the hunters. Mm. What's that? It's Baba Ganoush. Like, you know, all that Baba, stuff. Baba Very, some great lines. Um, did you have a favorite sort of encounter on this Odyssey that they had? Um, 
Probably the bit where he turns up at the farm and there's the beautiful girl on the horse and it's like soft glow (laughs) filter. Yeah. Yeah. Just like... Lots of long crossfades. Yeah, Yeah. no, that was very funny. I was just like, oh, that's a very good like filmic embodiment of like, oh, this girl's pretty. And then (laughs) he literally does the golden backlight. With the the hair going. Yeah, Yeah, and like comparing it to the flake ad. Chocolate commercial? It's just a chocolate commercial music feat. In the background. Oh, yeah, that yeah. would be why it's on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that makes sense. Yeah. And it looks like a flake commercial from like the 90s, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm wondering when this is set because you look at his phone and it's a 90s phone. Yeah. But they have stungrays. Uh, They've got stungrays. Yeah. To catch the signal from your mobile phone. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. Again, a really great joke that great joke. it was spelt stungray. Yeah. Obviously, when they're meant to be saying stingray, it's, yeah. it's a really, really great one. Um, and, and I found the, yeah, I, I liked the scene with Kahu. For me, it's Psycho Sam. Uh, yeah, oh Reese Darby, God, yeah. chewing the scenery, yeah. stealing every line he's got. I have an Bush. underground bunker. I haven't dug it yet. Oh, we're just <laughs> going to lie here and pretend to be dead. What am I with my life? Yeah. <laughs> Bush, man. Bush, man. <laughs> he, was, he was really wonderful and kind of just, just a really lovely kind of pepping up yeah. of, of that sort of that, that that more serious bit of the film yeah. where they're getting into the third act. It was, yeah, that the end of the second act needed a real, like, punch. Mm. Mm. And when you need, say, 15 minutes of screen time to really elevate and get everything going, mm. Reese Darby's your man. He absolutely is. He's just superb. The other thing that I think works really well in this film um, is the antagonist, mm. is Paula, mm-hmm. um, who I believe... Is she ends up in Thor Ragnarok? She does, yeah. yeah Rachel she, House, yeah. yeah. So she was actually uh, she was the kids minder on this as well, right? So she was the acting coach and the kids minder, mm. um, as well as being in the film. Mm. Um, and anyone that was a non actor or you know needed help, she was the the acting coach for right. it as well. Yeah. Um, and she I was reading an interview, and they, you know, Taka's Marty, and he's big on indigenous filmmaking and indigenous practices. So that they, comes through very, very, very much. Yeah. So they, which is lovely. When they were filming this, they had I forget the name of it, but basically it's a it's a big family house. Yeah. That the whole mob come into and they stay there. So they had that. The kids stayed there and Rachel stayed there and Taika stayed there and that. And so it was it was Taika's tribe house basically. Mm. Um, so he brings a lot of those indigenous practices in as well and mm. uses a lot of indigenous. Uh, like Maori actors and language, language as well, and mm. like yeah, Thor Ragnarok. He's got Indigenous Australian actors in it. Yeah. He's got Maori actors. He's got everything, and I think he's one of very, very few Indigenous directors at that level. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's he's the only Marvel Indigenous director. Mm. You know, you talk about oh, uh, mm. you know, women directing films and stuff like that, and then there's a whole other layer of. Indigenous yeah. filmmakers, and there's a whole layer of like you know, POC women filmmakers, and all this kind. But Taika, I think, is really leading the way in a way that's marketable again, marketable and palatable to have mm. lots. This is a whole film of Maori voice, of, mm. of, of, of and New Zealand accents that mm. are mm. nigh impenetrable to a lot of overseas markets. Yeah, but Flight of the Concords and yeah. What We Do in the Shadows and Lord of the Rings and a lot of other things have opened up that accent in the same way that sort of the 80s, 90s, uh, sorry, 70s, 80s and 90s was for the Australian accent. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm. You know, so it's really interesting to see where that goes now mm. because Taika's put a lot of money back into the filmmaking communities and the way that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of indigenous filmmakers here in Australia have. And I, 
I don't know. This film is one of those ones that I watch and it just, it's a warm fuzzy for me. Yeah. Where it's, I, I don't, I watch a lot of challenging films. <laughs> like mm. a lot of yeah. stuff where I'm like, I need energy and focus. Mm. This is going to be an ordeal or mm. a very easy experience. But occasionally I just like to put on a movie that's, that, oh yeah, I can see how this is going to end. Mm. How are they going to get there? Yeah. Oh, I wonder how they're going to get there. I'm enjoying the performances. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And Sam Neill is a crotchety old man is, you know, it's a match made in heaven, basically. Because mm. I think the next thing he's going to be in is the Jurassic next Jurassic Park sequel. Jurassic World, whatever it is now. Jurassic Universe. What have they done? They've done Park. They've done World. Mm. They Jurassic Planet. Yeah, Jurassic I think it's Solar System. I suppose Jurassic System is next. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, Jurassic the, Galactic System. The, Galactic the dinosaurs Jurassic are coming to us from Mars. From space. So it's just the War of the Worlds, but with dinosaurs. Yeah, well, that, I'd watch that. <laughs> that's what Dino Riders was back in the day. Dino Riders cartoon. Mm. Um, yeah, Paula and Andy as her sort of uh, so lackey. Yeah. Um, I mean, a, I mean a real cop with guns. <laughs> yeah. Where's your taser? Oh, it's back in Wellington. It's booked out. Yeah. It's booked out. It's in um, it's, <laughs> it's so good. It, it, yeah, and that's just it. It's 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 a really lovely, almost consequence-free film. Yeah. Like. Um, yeah. Like, you, you've got a couple of moments of, you know, like, sadness and heartbreak. And, and like, we've spoken about, obviously, Bella's death and the dog having to be put down because it had been mm. bored by a boar. Um, but but Ricky's... Gord? Gord, sorry. The, the boar's just there, like, okay, let me tell you about where I first grew up. <laughs> yeah, and on sorry. the street, I was... The dog just, just, <laughs> yeah, the dog had enough and just jumped on a tusk. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so we saw we saw uh, the dog being gored by the ball, um, but the the conversation about Amber. Mm. Yeah. I want so small, so subtle. I think they did exactly what yeah. it needed to do, and I think Sam Neill did an amazing job there. Where mm. the sub, it was just all internalized. Mm. Maybe Ricky didn't understand what was going on, mm. but then it comes back later. Yeah. And it's clear that he doesn't know. He knew exactly what was going on. Mm. So he might play the kid, but he knows what the circumstances probably really were. Mm. Yeah. And, and Taika, the Taika films do that. Mm. It's in Boy, way more of it, but Jojo Rabbit, when you see it, it's, it's in there as well. Mm. Mm. Even like family trauma in Thor Ragnarok is the, it's the kind of main theme of the film. Yeah. yeah. There's, you know, magic and gods and Benedict fights and stuff. But really it's, it's a brother, a sister, and a father, and how dysfunctional they are, mm. and how they reconcile those things. Yeah. It just happens to be that they're gods doing it. Yeah. You know? Whereas, yeah, I think you can see that the core of what the stories that Taika likes to tell is that family mm. um, at varying levels of severity. Yeah. I, I just really liked, I, I did like the light touch with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, part of me was like, I want to see more of this. I want to see more of that being dealt with. But it was also. I think it was Not just. I think I think yeah. it was just right, and it was also sort of giving you that little like glimpse of like there's more to this. Mm. There's reasons why he's saying he doesn't want to go back. And... Yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. obviously you know reasons why he is is so truculent, mm. particularly at the start of the film. So truculent. Yeah, very much like a truck. Very much like, like a, a truck. Dracula truck. Like a Dracula truck. Like a Dracula truck. He goes around sucking diesel out of other cars. <laughs> I want to suck your petrol. Yes, um, he's. You know what? Yeah, he's he's great. He's truculent, obsessious. Yeah, he's a truculent, obsessious, uh, majestical boy. 
Um, <laughs> and also, I I did quite like the um, the the slight bit of power being able to read gave him yes over Hector yeah. because Hector obviously is the bushman who's knows he's how to survive. He's, he's got, got the knack. knack. He's got a manslaughter charge in his past. Like you know, he's someone who can who deal. Doesn't? Okay, just writing that one down. Um, um, yeah, he's he's got the he's got the knack, and mm. I thought it was nice and a really good way of like not balancing them so that they were equals because you can't have that till the end of the film. Mm. But mm. giving Ricky something that was practical, yep. that could help them. Yeah, that could help them, and also me- meant that he was like, I'm better than Hector at something. Yeah. Um, Which kids need. Kids yeah. actually need that mm. to be able to say, actually, like, because my, I know my daughter's in that actually no stage. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to get her through that because I'm still in that stage now as an adult. But, mm. um, yeah, yeah, actually, it's this. Like, no, it's well, children have such a mm. wonderful sense of, like, justified outrage as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful. Yep. If you don't mind me asking, what has your daughter actually do on the most? Like, what's her area of expertise? If we're doing Hunt for the Cullen people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's things like um, the narrative of the Lego elves stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and when, I, when I've asked her, like, what she's done during the day, I'll say, oh, so such and such did such and such. No. Da-da-da did da-da-da. Like, mm. oh, okay. What I want to say is, well, I wasn't there, was I? So how am I... You're a bad storyteller. What am I supposed to know? How? How do I tell? What I say is, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Because yeah. Mm. Yeah. you're a good supportive father. Well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't... You... Hang on. What am I trying to say? <laughs> when you're a kid, you don't have a control of a lot of things. Correct. Mm. And I think this film shows that when you give a kid the capability to take responsibility and have that power, at least for themselves in a situation where he's completely powerless, being shunted from place to place, Mm. acting out, you know, not fitting in anywhere. He finally finds a place he fits in. And And then they threaten to take him away from it. And he's like, Mm. no, but he's also been given a whole lot of tools that we see like the haikus and, Oh, you're just processing that. And da, 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 da. And so he's obviously been through all these systems that have tried to give him some empowerment, but where it really comes through is with this cranky old man who isn't really on yeah. board with the idea of being a yeah. parental figure. Yeah. That's what I love about this film is that, mm. you know, if you think back, like being a kid kind of sucks a lot of the time. You have no control over what you can do, mm. when you can do it, mm. and you do have to say why you want to do it. And I think there's a lot of whiplash to that when you become like at least a legal adult at 18. Because then it's like, right, off you go. Yep. You're out. Off you go into the world. Yeah. Well, how do I change my sheet? We've been having a, a fitted sheet. We've been having a lot of uh, conversations with my niece recently, who is seven, about you know, you have to go through like you have to be a, like a baby and like and then a child and mm. then you become like a teenager and then you become an adult. But you got to go through all those other stages mm. before you get to the adulting stage. And when you're an adult, you can technically, yes, do whatever, do whatever you, want. you want. But you also and have to deal with the adult consequences. Yeah, but that's the thing. And at the moment, she's she's doing a lot of but whying. Yeah. Happy she's doing it. a lot of but whying. And my my mum my just keeps coming back to the, you've got to go through all the stages before you get there. Yeah. And you got to learn stuff along the way. But in Until the stages then, of, of adulthood where you're like, oh, my parents were right a lot of times. Yeah. But oh. then you're like, but I could just buy myself this Lego X-Wing. Yeah. If I want. Hang on. You say, I have you that, that power. Are you saying that's a bad idea? 
No, I'm saying it's a great idea. Okay, great, because I might have done that before I got here. <laughs> but that's the beautiful thing. And and this is this is something that I see um, a bit around and about the traps. I've seen it in various like online spaces and things. People being like, you know, if you had a childhood where you were like, felt that you were deprived of mm-hmm. whatever it was, mm-hmm. as an adult, you don't, like, if you want to f- cover your bed in soft toys, do it. Yeah. Who's going to stop you? Yeah. Society's yeah. expectations. Screw society. It's all falling apart anyway. Like you know, I mean, that's the world's why burning down around our ears. Why not have stuffed toys in your bed? That's why I have <laughs> thousands. Yeah, and I'm being literal. Thousands of games. Yeah, exactly. Because we had a few growing up, and mm. then I get an income, and I'm like, I like this. I, I can just buy my game. Board games, games, video games, all games, all games, all games, all games, all games. Mm. So on Steam, it's you know up in the fifteen hundreds, and then. On GOG and on Epic. Mm. And, and then all my... I've got three moving boxes full of games and consoles. Uh, I'm a bit like that, but with crockery and vintage gloves. <laughs> crockery. But at least, <laughs> at least there's probably more gloves. resale value. Because video games yeah. functionally won't be able to be resold <laughs> yeah. in the same way that the cartridges and stuff are. But anyway, getting back to the film is is that, yeah, I like what I like from this is that... I don't know about you guys, but a lot of the time people are like, oh, to me, oh, you're an adult. I'm like, am I? Yeah. Oh, when did that happen? Yeah, that mm. happens all the time. What? I don't know what I'm doing. And then you re- that's the secret adult, right? Like, you don't know what you don't know Nobody what doing. knows what they're doing. And I think there's a really just beautiful kind of sort of a waveform that crosses over towards the end of the film of it looks and sounds like Hector knows what he's doing because he's got the knack, right? Mm. And Ricky's out of his depth, but he's trying to, he's trying things. You mm. know, he tries to run away. Mm. We see that little montage of him putting the hot water bottle on the fire and it busting. Yeah. And to me, that's a beautiful little moment because he wants the comfort mm. that he was given, mm. but mm. he can't recreate it. And he just, you just hear him go, Oh yeah. There's no like rage or anything. It's just like, Oh, it's almost like a resignation to disappointment, yeah. which I think is perfect for, for yeah. what this is. And I think the direction that is given to, to this kid that, that makes Ricky Baker who Ricky Baker is, is so good in this because mm. his moments where he's sent off, he's the one that's sent off to go get help. Yeah. You know, in after months of roughing it, yeah. Hector's like, yeah, off you go. Yeah. Go, you go do it. I'll stay here. And then after that, he finds his way. He, he remembers back and find water, go to high ground. Yeah. Mm. You know, so he's like proving a lesson. But yeah, I think mm. Taika seems to really understand or has, has retained that childhood perspective. Yeah. Like what it's like to be powerless mm. and have to do everything you're told, but also see all the injustices and all the problems and just really not be able to do anything about it. Mm. I think that's the worst part of childhood. Yeah. It's yeah. nobody's going to listen to you. Yeah. They're not going to listen to you. Yeah. And he knows that. He knows that. And that's why he's like, I don't want to go back into the system. Yeah. Because yeah. the and system's stuffed. That's why that Amber story to me is, mm. it's just enough. It is a, it's a glimpse for Hector to go... All of this surliness and all this kind of, you know, mm. resentment and pushback that I've given this kid, he's actually dealing with some very severe, yeah. nasty things. Yeah. But somehow he's still able to be this kid. Mm. And I, there's a beautiful moment, the, the reaction shot that Sam Neill has in that, that's I, it's just a masterclass in acting of yeah. his eyes widen a little bit and then you see like guilt creep in. Yeah. And it's for me, it's a beautiful little moment where mm. you get enough details that if you weren't paying attention, it'd just be a story. Yeah. Oh, making fun of his dad and then just died. And you're like, whoa. Mm. And I think that's the reaction that Hector has is just like, oh, that's heavy. But mm. it lasts for what? 
10 seconds it less does. even and yeah. then that's the thing and, and and that's something that the character of rookie does a lot and he's just like oh yeah like this thing and i'm gonna say this really heavy thing but whatever and then kind of moves yeah. on and everyone's like yeah. oh whoa yeah but that's the taika whoa. watiti have you seen the taika watiti racism ad no it's beautiful so pause pause this mm-hmm. go look up on youtube taika watiti racism ad okay watch it and then come back Welcome back. Isn't it great? Oh, it's wonderful. Because the way he does it is he goes, well, just be a bit racist. Just mm. be a little bit racist. Everyone, if, just racism needs your help. You know, if no one's racist, even a little bit, then there's no racism left. So we need your help. Just be a little bit racist and that'll keep it going. Mm. So it's that reverse PSA thing. Mm. And that's, that's why I feel like, that's why comedy actors and comedy directors and comedy writers are so good at drama, right? Yeah. For sure. It's way harder to make someone laugh than to cry. And mm. I think I've said this on the exact same podcast, yeah. on the podcast before. I mean, look, thing. Jesus, Robin Williams, my God. Yeah. His dramatic roles yeah. just like... Oh, oh. Mrs. Doubtfire. One hour photo. Yeah. And um, what's the heaven one? Uh, or he goes to heaven to find his wife. Oh. That's amazing mm. as well. If you haven't seen that, go see that. Pretty much um, any of his dramatic roles are just like, yeah. oh God, ouch. Um, Insomnia. Patch, Patch Adams is Ooh. so sad. Yeah. And he spent, and he kind of toes that line in that film, yeah. like both but even ways. Good Will like, Hunting, mm. masterclass, mm. masterclass. But I think that's what Taika Waititi does really well is that yeah. he's able to package it up into this kind of, you know, full of brevity, fun, yeah, ha, 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 and then gut punch, and you're yeah. totally off guard. And that's the and thing; it, it makes it, it makes those gut punch moments all the more powerful because you've got all of this stuff, like you know. Scott's life didn't choose me like you know all these mm. sort of like really silly things and like the the way that it's divided up into like chapters like a book and it's yeah, the, the, yeah. the font choice and like yeah. all the things mm. and you know they're making up words and like all these kind of like nice silly things and then it's just like yeah, and fantastical now that reality. you're feeling now that you're feeling comfortable we're just gonna like punch you in the feelings rip your heart out and stomp on it with boots for a bit and then give it back to you a little bit smushed and now you got to deal with this and it's like Ah, which mm, is what mm. I think a lot of really good films do. Yeah, it's it's that bounce. Like you were saying, oh, we're going back to a little bit of fantastical reality yeah. in some of those, uh, the panning shots where they're cropped in multiple times. Yeah. And it is. It's, it's like, ha ha, this is all pretty funny. Ha ha, serious. Yeah. But we're not going to, no, we don't want you to bounce off the film entirely. So we'll, yeah, we'll go back to some brevity. Yeah. We'll get Reese Darby in in about two minutes. Yeah, so yeah. Whereas mm. Boy, I think, settled into that seriousness a mm. lot more. It did. And I think it, it came up to the brevity moments and the funny moments, but they've dropped back down. Yeah. So you're mostly in that seriousness. Yeah. And I think that's a tradition of even like Once Warriors. Mm. The more that film goes on, the heavier and heavier and heavier and more traumatic that film gets. Yeah. And people... Because that's a really important New Zealand film as well. Have you guys seen Once Warriors? No. Super heavy. But very topical, very introspective and reflective of society mm. and what it's like to be in the lower socioeconomic bracket in New Zealand. and all this kind of, You should watch it. But it is a film that just gets heavier and heavier and harder and harder the way, the way it goes through. Mm. Um, and people love it and that kind of thing. But I've seen it two, three times, I think. Mm. Two times for film studies to teach on it. And once just because I wanted to watch it and I never need to see it again. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I never need to watch it again. Mm. Um, but it's still, I can remember all of it and it's still resonant, mm. but I never need to watch it again. But I'd happily watch Hunt yes, for the Wilder People times, yeah. again. 
Um, the finale of this film, the mm. um, the ninjas chase with the with ninjas. Uh, yeah, the the cops in all black. <laughs> the SWAT um, team. Yeah, it's it's real good. It is really good. It's very well put together. Yeah. It is, and of course, juveniles and Lincoln would know how to hotwire a car. Of course, yeah, and that's that beautiful like control things. Right? Again, like he yeah. knows the thing. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I I really liked it. I liked their little almost like he he. Um, Ricky thinks that they're in Butch, Dan- Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, <laughs> whereas S- Sam Neill um, Hector is just like, no, I'm too tired and old. Like, yeah. um, and he's a molester. Oh, you bastard! Like that molesterer. kind of thing. Molesterer. Molesterer. That was yeah. it. Um, yeah. I thought that was really nicely done. Of course, he shot him in the butt. That's always. But again, funny. that was the last power play he had. Yeah. That was the very last power play yeah. that Ricky was able to use. Yeah. To try and get control, and it just it didn't it didn't land. Yeah. So then he did the next best thing and shot him in the butt accidentally, because mm. a bloody sniper hunter. Yeah, bloody hunter boy. Generally yeah. Have a go, hero. <laughs> have um, a go, hero. Yeah. Um. Good. Good tackle from Andy the cop. Though. Yeah. Again, Andy, comic relief, comic relief. Oh, actually, he's decent at his job. Mm. Yeah. And then he even has a go at Paula, being yeah. like, "You're not a you're not a police officer," saying like, "You know, we're not yeah. we're not happy about this." No, we're not the same. We're not continuing. Yeah, um, which I thought was was really great. Yeah, because um, otherwise, well, otherwise, in the terms of in terms of filmmaking, that character is just a one dimensional mm. laugh clown. Mm. But at least he's given that singular moment that that actually lands, mm. and it's kind of what Rachel House's character, who plays Paula in this, in Thor. Like she's mostly there as the gruff kind of, you know, offside to the grandmaster, but she has her moments in it as well. And that's like Taika does that perfectly. Even him as the minister in this. Well, yeah. Yeah. He was great. Um, Like you said, how's he going to show up in this? Yeah. Absolutely pointless sermon that Mm. doesn't seem to mean anything anything and delivered in a way that's just beautiful. Yeah. Would you guys like some trivia about Hunt for the Wilder People? Would I Absolutely. ever? Absolutely. Okay, all of this trivia is sourced from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. <laughs> the scene at Bella's funeral is where we're going to start, mm-hmm. um, and that is because uh, the minister's bizarre eulogy was based on an actual experience that Taika Waititi witnessed. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah. Yep. Just does seen this, those does sermons. This, does this mean that one day you're going to do a thing about that guy who talked about beef and dairy farming at your graduation? No, uh, because that was the most boring 30 to 40 minutes that has apparently ever been witnessed. Um, <laughs> Stephen wouldn't know because he put his headphones I in. I did. That's uh, fair. I've yeah. been to a lot of graduations. Yes. Now, as have I, this this far into a various degrees, you kind of mm. go, yep. And at this particular degree, this, this, this man got up and he started doing a talk. He got and an he honorary start- degree, didn't he? Yeah, he was there and he was some guy who was connected to beef and dairy farming in WA. Probably a really big deal and probably someone who's done a load of really good stuff with cows. But yeah. he was speaking in a way that suggested that the tone was not going to change and that he was going to go for a long time. Oh, yeah, no. but 20 and- minutes slightly went for about 40 minutes. Yeah. Oh. And he, it was just like, the beef and dairy industry. And I was just sat up the back just like, no oh no no you just and the i next, couldn't even leave you see the next chunk of your future unwinding and you're just going i couldn't oh. even leave and the thing is is that they do like phds and honors and stuff they do them all like quite oh. early on and then they go back and they sit down again and then they do all the Till other the speeches and, and crap yeah. yeah 
And so Stephen's stuff was done. Like his yeah. parents up and left. They had a flight to catch. They had a flight to catch. I, yeah. yeah. Then that's a good but, excuse to always use to get out of grad. But Basically. they, but they, they came and watched him walk across the stage, did the stuff. Then they bug it off. They're very and I was clever. And I was just stuck. It was no there. flight. I was just, <laughs> stuck just hidden there It was the flight this home. Terrible speech, and it was just like. Yeah, this is why my advice is always take uh, a pair of headphones and a device to listen to podcasts to. Might I recommend the Cinema Catch-Up Club? We're very good and rarely talk about beef and dairy farming. Rarely, except for this particular particular one. And the next seven to eight podcasts, which are dairy and beef focused specifically. Yeah, Yeah, we're doing just all cow-based films. Yeah, beef and dairy catch-up club. Yeah. Uh, ooh, there's going to be a lot of... You're going to smell after that one. <laughs> it doesn't sound too good. And if you're lactose intolerant, well, you're just going to have to deal with the beef. Mm. Stop being intolerant. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's not acceptable. Mm. It's 21st century. The Toyota that Heck and Ricky use to escape uh, Psycho Sam's hideout is called Crumpy, in reference to Barry Crump, the author of the book uh, that the screenplay was based on. Ah, Barry Crump. Yeah, which is a great name. Beautiful name. Uh, an identical vehicle was driven by Barry Crump in a long series of Toyota commercials in New Zealand where Barry played a bushman taking a city slicker named Scotty for a drive through the bush. Uh, huh. Scotty was played by the actor Lloyd Scott, who appears in this film as tourist. Oh. So when he's taking the picture taking the and then the, the yes. ute just... Oh. So if you, if you... Is this like New Zealand's answer to like the bugger ads? Yeah, I guess, probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. Don't know. We have to do our research. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I just, I just rather enjoyed that, and and yeah. also that some of the shots in the chase sequence were shot for shot uh, remakes of a Toyo- of that Toyota commercial. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, them just like drifting for the bush and stuff like that. They yeah. just did it, but in the chase. That's so good. Yeah. So they should have been really, really clever and just put like a little, little bit of a. Of the ad in there, just to mm. see if you could... Just see if we'd notice. See if you notice. Why yeah. did the film suddenly go really blurry and <laughs> off colour? Why do I suddenly want to buy a Toyota Hilux? Yes. <laughs> I just really want to rewatch the bugger ads now. Yeah. Jeez, those are... They were so Early 2000s? Good. Mm. Earlier than that, I think. It was like late 90s, early 2000s. Again. This is a very go cultural touchstone. Alan, could you explain for our international listeners what the bugger adverts <laughs> were? Uh, it was a car advert. Was it for Toyota? It's been a very long time since I've watched Might them. Have been. It was for a, it was for a car company anyway, and essentially, um, the first one was the best one, and then they did a, another one that was like more kind of like ripping out something. It was basically these cars are great, but essentially, um, almost like to the point where like they're too powerful, mm. you know, like they're so oh, right. they're so good that they're like almost too good. So there was like a series of like. Uh, shots of a farmer like doing things with the car and it kind of overdoing it like you know nudging a little bit of a fence to try and get it upright and the whole fence falls down or trying (laughs) to pull pull a stump out and the stump flies over the top of the car and like smashes in the thing and the end of the um first one ended with the dog trying to jump up on the back of the truck but it goes so fast that the dog just like, and the truck also gets mud all over the washing and the wife just goes, bugger. And then the dog goes, bugger, out of the side of its mouth. And it's just mm-hmm. so silly. It's a New Zealand advert from 1999. 1999. That's, that's when it was. I was going to say, it must have been late 90s because I remember mm. I remember watching it as a kid. 
and being there like, this go. is the more, best. More YouTube watching. So Taika Waititi races a mad. And yep. look and up. a series of bugger ads. The bugger yeah. ad. Whatever Although, you can find. Mm, you want to be careful Google searching bugger, but that's yeah. cool. Bugger advert. New Zealand. Australia. New Zealand. Yeah. Car Is it Toyota? Bugger. I think it is Toyota. Mm. Uh, that makes sense. The fact that you can't remember that means the campaign actually failed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't care about cars uh, in 1999. It was too culturally resonant. I was 11. Yeah. <laughs> like I had better yeah. things to do with my time. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> the film uh, Hunt for the Wilder People uh, was the first local feature to gross more than $1 million New Zealand Woo-hoo. in its opening weekend at the New Zealand box office. That's cool. Good yeah. Good yeah. Lord of the Rings. So, Is that technically counted New Zealand... Production, I guess, because it's a new line, which is mm. American. Um, I look. I think they just. I think it was. I don't know if you could make that film more New Zealandy. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, so I think they have to count it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, all of the news presenters in the film were actual news mm. presenters I love it for when New Zealand they do TV. That. I love it when they do that. Like Rambo. Yeah, <laughs> like Rambo. Like, except there's two of them. They're not. Yeah. They're not alone. <laughs> that whole Freedom, which... that whole interview. Where yeah. she goes onto the TV station and she you starts listing all of his things and they're just looking at her like, yeah. oh, it's, it's so same, awkward. It's so beautiful. It's the same list of things that we saw at the beginning of film. Graffiti. Yeah, yeah graffiti, breaking things, setting breaking things on things, fire. Kicking things, spitting. Yeah, loitering. No child left behind. No child left behind. Uh, no child you'll left know behind. what that means. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in Ricky's haiku, he says that he hates uh, a guy called Kingy. Kingy was a character in Boy, uh, oh. another obviously YTT film we talked about. Wow, so these are in the same universe. Apparently. That's cool. Go. Yeah. The Tykerverse. Yeah, which means is Thor Ragnarok technically only Thor Ragnarok, none of the other Marvel films? Well, it could be. Yeah. But if, if Thor is, then all the other Marvel films are. I think, it, I think it's funnier if it's only Thor Ragnarok. It's just Like, Thor. not just even the, the other four films count. Like, Christopher no, not even the other. Not, yeah, not even the other count. four films, yeah. <laughs> An open casting call was held for a 12 to 15-year-old married girl to play the role of Kahu with Tio Rio Nagati Melbourne selected out of the 150 applicants. Nagati Melbourne auditioned after her friends thought the character description of Kahu sounded like her. They were like, you know how you're always on that horse? (laughs) (laughs) You know how you're always... Shaking your head back and forth in slow motion when a flake out is yeah. playing. You know, your do dad you, always do you want us to make selfies? a voice? Do you, do you, no, I'm just joking. Yeah. Do you want a sausage? We've got lots joy. of sausages. Yeah. You know, your dad's always asking for selfies with us. Like, <laughs> you'd be the great. The boy that was walked in the front door. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Baker does not believe that his Uncle Heck's use of the word majestical is correct. Uh, but the word majestical was used by William Shakespeare and appears in Hamlet, Act 1, Scene 1, where Marcellus refers to the departing ghost's uh, monarchal appearance. Quote, "'Tis gone, we do it wrong, being so majestical, to offer it the show of violence, for it is as the air invulnerable, and our vain blows malicious mockery." Mm. End quote. Very highbrow. Mm. Not really. Shakespeare is very, very not highbrow. (laughs) That's the beautiful thing. Yeah, that was him basically saying, oh shit, a ghost. Yeah. And our our weapons... Goose brew. Yeah, our weapons do nothing. Piss off, ghost. Nothing's going to work against this ghost. ghost. Can we get Taika Waititi to do Hamlet? Yeah. Piss off, ghost. Hey, where's my my dad? Yeah, you're not my dad. (laughs) You're not my real dad. Yeah. You killed him, eh? (laughs) Why'd you kill my dad? Oh, you know... Just because? Oh, that's not cool, eh? I'm trying to. I'm just trying. Does to that imagine. make me king now? I'm trying to imagine what 
Kiwi Polonius. Denmark is, is like. shit. Kiwi Polonius. Yeah. We had Kiwi Polonius. Oh, yeah. Eddie for a pop up globe. Oh, no. Yes. Yes. For pop up globe. That's right. Yeah. Actually, yeah, he was very good. He was very good. He was very good. Yeah. Actually, you know, yeah, we have seen. We have seen. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened. It's the a pop-up reality. Globe. Yeah, yeah we've great. seen it. Pop up globe. If they, hey, if the globe's popping up near you, uh, go go see it. Very yeah. very good stuff. Go go globe. The final bit of trivia: the howabird, and I apologise if the pronunciation is incorrect. Um, it is spotted by Ricky and Heck in the movie. Um, it is a real species of New Zealand wattle bird, the last confirmed sighting of which was in 1907. But there is some credible sightings that were made in the early 1960s. So it is possible that the Howerbird might still be around. Mm. And indeed may even be pronounced Hower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, I, I really liked that as the, yeah, sort of the motivating factor for them to go back yeah. into, into the wild. I, yeah. I thought that was actually, that was, that was probably the thing I actually really enjoyed the most about mm. the, the relationship between ricky and hector developing into mm. this thing where it became about they wanted to obviously spend time with each other but that the the motivating factor and he even went and bought a camera was to was yeah. to find that this rare magical that bird was cool. yeah. good cg too in this mm. i'm not sure who did the cg in it but the bird there's a few birds that are cg and then the boar is cg the boar was great yeah. mm. big wild red eyes yeah. they do get that big too they're yeah yeah just disgustingly huge yeah it was it was pretty great yeah. um so all that remains for us to do is to score the film mm-hmm. and ellen you get to go first what score would you give hunt for the wilder people out of 10 i'm gonna give it eight and a half terrifying boar killings out of 10 because <laughs> that scene was just like oh my god and just like you want to help me got it just wonderful oh when bella and just just rips a wipe across the face of yeah her, like, yeah, yeah no that was wonderful it was yeah. very good uh, what yeah. about yourself uh, brett um, oh, probably like eight Majesticals out of uh, ten, I think. Mm-hmm. It's very rewatchable for me because it is, the performances are so good mm-hmm. and so enjoyable that even if you know the story back to front, what story there is, I think it's still really enjoyable watching. Mm. I Yeah, like I said, I enjoyed it. I think it was built up a little bit Possibly, for me beforehand, yeah. but even with that being the case, it, it's a very, very good film. Like, it's... It it should be watched. I think it's he'll a, go far this Tyker. Mm. You you watch him. Yeah, he, he, he'll he, do well. I think. Yeah, I think there's big things in big his things, future. Big things. Yeah. Um, no, Your this, eye on Tiger Watiti. He does. He, he he does this particular thing quite well. Yes. And I think this is a really good example of of I guess like a classic Tiger Watiti film. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. For, but yeah, I didn't I didn't fall in love with it, but. I, I enjoyed my time with it. So I'm going to give yeah. it seven relaxing sausages out of ten. <laughs> relaxing very sausages. Relaxing. It was a very relaxing sausage. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I really want to say, though, um, and obviously with your background in games, Brett, mm. um, is would you play a crossover between Hunt for the Wilder People and The Last of Us, where it's oh, Ricky geez. and Hector taking on... Um, Killing boars. Yeah, but infected boars, like fungus oh boars. Fungus boars. Yeah. Jeez, I think I think that would ruin my enjoyment just because of how heavy Last of Us is. Yeah. Thank you. No, but they're still the same chipper. Oh, well, then yes, that like would Ricky, be amazing. Yeah, it's like, oh, that man had his head made of flowers. <laughs> <laughs> that man a mushroom. Yeah. 
Should I? He's like a I bouquet. Oh, I stabbed the mushroom man. He's down on the ground now. <laughs> um, yes, that's an odd crossover. But yes, I thought you were going to say Hunt for Wilder People in Minecraft or something like a survival oh, yeah. type game. Or like Don't Starve. Yeah. I was, I was yeah. thinking more like Red yeah. Dead Redemption, but... Yeah. I mean, there was some very pretty rural yeah. shots that were making me go, I want to play Red Dead now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I just it, I just made the connection of like older adopted father figure <laughs> and, child. and child going through the With wilderness um, and and it getting weirdly heavy at points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Last of Us, Last of Us 2 is a I haven't played Last experience. of Us 2 yet. Ooh, I'm, I'm going to now that the PhD has been handed in. Um, I was holding off. I was like, this is probably going to be traumatic. PhD, then PS4. Yeah. Then PTSD. Then PTSD. Yeah, yeah you're not actually very far off. Mm. So that brings us to the end of this review of Hunt for the Wilder People. Ellen and Brett, thank you very much for joining me on this episode. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. January is our Antipodean Film Month. Uh, We look at Australian and New Zealand films. Uh, This was our New Zealand film for the year. But if you want us to watch other New Zealand films, just regularly... Um, let us know. Just drop us a line. Send us a message. Uh, how do I do that? I hear you ask. Uh, go to Facebook, facebook.com, uh, and search for us, the Cinema Catch-Up Club, in their search function. You can leave us messages, um, you know, all the, all the good stuff. Um, pokers. That's a Facebook thing. <laughs> Give us a poke. See if that still works. Is it, is it still in there? I don't know. <laughs> I think so. You can also do waves now. Yeah, send us a wave. And maybe give us a poke. Uh, we're also available to uh, be contacted via our Patreon. Uh, that's where you give us money and we give you cool bonus features. Uh, so if you want any of that, please go to patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. Uh, there's lots of fun goodies there. And of course, we do an episode each and every week. I imagine sometimes people are like, oh, I really want to listen to this episode each week, but... Oh, I have to keep going onto the internet and searching for it. I wish there was an easier way! But how can I do it? Well, Brett, I'm glad you asked. Uh, You can subscribe. Uh, You just hit the little subscribe or follow button on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever service you're using, and the episodes will turn up without you even looking for them. We just turn up at your house, like, boom! Listen to our opinions on this film! Wow! It's that easy! It sure is. <laughs> uh, so search for us on those uh, various platforms. Give us a like. You can even review us uh, on there. I know that... Um, review the reviewers. Yes. Yeah, it's our turn now. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, five stars is a good review, I'd say. I think you start at five stars. I think yeah. you start at five, yeah. If you give us a yeah. five-star review, and even if you don't think we're that good, you can just say that underneath. But Yeah. Put the number in. Put put the number in. Put the stars. Trick yeah. the computer. Make the yeah. computer think, oh. We're it, all slave to the algorithm. Yeah. So let's just run with it. Yeah. And then you can read the actual feedback. Yeah. Yeah. We're, 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 in a way, we're... Help we're, us help you. Yeah. We're like little wilder people out there. Yeah. We're trying to beat the system. Just just give us five stars. See if you can give us a better comment than the guy who commented on your YouTube video that one time. Mm. Oh, yes. Who just said, you suck from all of Italy. All of Italy thinks you suck? All yeah. of Italy. Well, I've got, I like I've got a lot of COVID, what, so what I don't know. Is what, that karma? Oh, this was about 10 years ago. and wow, Karma takes a long while to, <laughs> to <laughs> I had to build up. The, <laughs> the thing I really like about this is in my head when I read that, at first I laughed, and then I went, so they had to organise a meeting <laughs> to establish... <laughs> 
They needed a consensus yeah, in order for like, this guy to go on. Do we agree this guy sucks? He sucks so much. <laughs> Someone to go on the internet and I tell him right now. Uh, yeah, basically. So, um, yes. You can review us. Uh, feel free to do that whenever you wish. But that's all for this week. So, until next time. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, can I have a sausage? You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.